Hey, podcast listeners, if you like what you hear, go to dead-celebs.com. Our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram links are there, and so much more. That's dead-celebs.com. Like, comment, subscribe. Tonight on the Dead Celeb Podcast, we talk about Robin Williams. Welcome to the Dead Celebs Podcast with your hosts, Brent Novak and Tana Satterley. Hi, Tana. Hi, Brent. How are you this evening? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Is there anything you want to talk about, uh, Robin Williams, his life and times before we get started? I think he just was a tremendous talent. A very interesting story how he landed the part of Mork on Happy Days series. So stay tuned for that. Oh, can't wait. But first, kids, are they dead or are they still living? We're going to give you six celebrities, and Tana's going to guess if they're still alive or or if they're dead as of today's date, which is August 3rd, 2023. And we're going to start <laughs> with, uh, this is actress Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Yes, very good, very good. And she's alive. She's alive. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Yes, Patricia is alive. She is 55 years old. And this man right here is Mr. Sean Connery. Tana, is he alive or is he dead? He's alive. Sean Connery is dead. October October 31st, 2020, age of 90 years old. Oh my goodness. So Patricia Arquette is alive. She's 55. Sean Connery is dead. He was not. This is actor Ian McKellen. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to guess that he's dead. He is alive. Oh. Ian McKellen is 84 years old. As Bless of his heart. As of August 3rd, 2023. This actress oh. is named Diane Carroll. Is she alive or is she dead? <laughs> I think she's dead. She is. Okay. She died October 4th, 2019 at 84 years old. Yeah. All right. How about this? This is a blast from the past from our childhood. Bob McGrath. (sighs) He is from Sesame Street. Yeah. I Um, mean, I... Sesame Street. I think he's alive. He is not. Oh. Bob McGrath... Died December 4th, 2022, oh. I believe, 2022, at the ripe old age of 90 years old. So oh, wow. Saturday or Saturday Night Live, Sesame Street lost a, a wonderful, wonderful human oh. being. So, yes. All right. Last one on our six Are They Alive or Are They Dead? Tana Rita Moreno. Is she alive or is she dead? And as you can see, uh, Sesame Street makes another appearance in this picture. Yes. Um, I think she's alive. You are right. Yes. She is 91 years old as of today, October 3rd, 2023. And that, Wait a minute. Friend, did you say October 3rd? I did. August 3rd, <laughs> 2023. August 3rd. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Jesus. Check out our sister podcast, Talk Murder to Me. Step into the captivating world of true crime with an unexpected twist of humor. With John's compelling narrative 
and Jen and Nicole's amazing banter, this podcast offers an entertaining and unique approach to true crime storytelling. Talk Murder to Me can be found on any podcast platform, also streaming live Saturdays on YouTube. All right, Tana. So we, today's date, as stated earlier, is August 3rd, 2023. And we're going to look at the actors that are famous people, celebrities that passed away May of 2023. Oh, dang you. To my best ability, I tried to pick out without overdoing it because there's a lot of great people that passed away. But we picked, um, I believe it's six. And we're going to start out with this lady here. Heather Brooke Armstrong was an advice blogger focusing mostly on parenting. Her blog at its peak had 8.5 million followers in 2004. She talked about the battles with alcohol and depression throughout the life of her blog. She took her own life May 9th, 2023, Mm. 47 years old. Billy Lee was not only the father of renowned filmmaker Spike Lee, but also a significant figure on his own right. As a jazz bassist, composer, and writer, Bill Lee carved a remarkable career in the world of music and cinema. He was an influential figure in the black arts movement, contributing his creative genius to countless projects and lending his distinct voice to African-American experience. He died May 24th, 2023, at the age of 94 from natural causes. This was Jim Brown, and Jim Brown was an American football player, actor, and civil rights activist. Brown was a running back for the Cleveland Browns from 1957 to 1965, considered one of the greatest running backs of all time. He died May 18th, 2023 in Los Angeles from natural causes. He was 87. He was recognized really after a while as being an activist, more so than even a football player. A lot of young black men, their lives changed because of Jim Brown. That's really why I wanted to showcase him here. Actor Ray Stevenson was born on May 25th, 1964 in Northern Ireland. He gained prominence in his roles in various films and television shows, including... Titus Hulo in the HBO series Rome and Frank Castle, the Punisher in the 2008 film Punisher Warzone and soon to be on the Disney plus Star Wars show Ahsoka. He died May 21st, 2023. According to one source, he died from a heart attack caused by severe anaphylactic shock. He was 58 years old. That sounds painful. It does. Gordon Lightfoot was born in Ontario, Canada on November 17, 1938. In his teenage years, he won a talent competition in high school while being a part of the barbershop quartet. His hits included Sundown, Carefree Highway, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Cause of Death is a Natural Causes on May 1st, 2023. 84 years old, he had to cancel his 2023 tour because of health conditions. I mean, playing right till the end, that's... Terrific. What a way to go, right? Last but not least, Mm -hmm. Tina Turner was born Anna May Bullock on November 26, 1939 in Tennessee. She was an iconic American singer, songwriter, and actress. In the 1960s, as part of the duo Ike and Tina Turner, known for electrifying performance hits like River Deep, Mountain High. However, her personal life was marked with an abusive marriage to Ike Turner, from which she escaped in the mid-1970s. Tina's incredible resilience and talent led to the successful solo career with chart-topping hits like What's Love Got to Do With It, Private Dancer, and so many others. She passed away May 24th, 2023. Natural causes. She was 83 years old. Mm. She had her legs insured. 
Is that, am I right? I think you're right. That I always thought that was fascinating. I'm like, man, that's amazing. Like, I mean, I don't have legs like that, but if I can have a body part insured because they were that incredible, that's saying something, right? And I think she did that in her, in her late fifties too. Yeah. Amazing. So there you have it. Those are the dead celebs from May mm. 2023. Mm. May they rest in peace. Yes. This is Brent. I want to talk to you about my other podcast I do with this guy, Dan. What's it about? More celebrity talk. Are they or were they ever a star? Good question. Dan and I will go into IMDb, check out their movies, check out their budget, when they were famous, when they weren't, when they flopped, all of it. All of it. Check it out. Are they or were they ever a star? It's time for us to talk about Mr. Robin Williams. Robin Williams was born in Chicago, July 21st, 1951, and raised in Detroit, Michigan. He was an only child. His father worked for Ford Motor Company, hence living in Detroit. He, at one point, was an overweight child, so he would crack jokes to get the other kids to laugh at him for that rather than laugh at him for being fat. And I, I've heard a lot of people say that, that are have been overweight as kids. He talks about a lonely childhood. I think his father traveled a lot for work. I don't really know about his mom. He does call her a comedy maven at some point, which I think is cool. He had a half brother from his father, Todd, and then he had a half brother from his mom, McLaurin, which he goes by Mac which actually is Robin's middle name. And the three of them liked to hang out as brothers, even though all three of them were raised as only children. You know, raised as an only child, had to keep himself occupied. I know a lot of creative people, that's where it comes from because you know, they have to keep themselves busy or, or occupied and they create. When you're an only child and you feel lonely, you just want to you act or perform, getting out there and you're, you're being somebody else. And I actually can relate to that. I was an only child until I was 10. And then my mom, um, and my stepdad, um, my dad, they they had other children and I had my stepbrother, my brother. So it was a house full. But a lot of times, I, because I wasn't used to all that noise, I would go up in my room and I would hole up and I would just read and I would just keep myself occupied. So I can kind of relate to that. He looked like he got his comedic personality from his mom. There's a scene with the two of them on a dock. And I guess she had this gag where she would cut up a rubber band and stick it in her nose yes. and then act like she'd sneeze. <laughs> And it, and it fell out like spaghetti and um, yes. and he's cracking up laughing where the father just didn't find anything funny. He just didn't connect to any of that. No, but interestingly enough, the one time his father did find somebody funny and Robin took note of was watching The Tonight Show with Jonathan Winters, who ended up being Robin's idol. He said he saw his father laugh for the first time, like just laugh at somebody else. So he thought, if I can be like that, maybe I'd get my father's attention. Jonathan Winters actually played Mork and Mindy's, I think it was the final season, season three, in Mork and Mindy's world, their child ages in reverse. So oh. Jonathan Winters was their son as a oh. big older man. And he played like <laughs> a, a big baby. They end up moving to San Francisco, which is... Mm -hmm. 
quite a bit different from Detroit. I would imagine. Yes, I can imagine too. <laughs> so Robin decides he wants to, what was the field that he was going to go into that his dad started paying for and then he backs out of? So he went to Claremont Men's College. There was a women's college close by. The colleges would get together and hold classes that were co-ed, but the only ones that were offered were improvisational theater. So he said, oh, girls. So he joined. He started doing that so much that he stopped going to his political science classes. And at that point, his dad's like, nope, not paying for this. Sorry. So that's how he got started. I think that's so funny. He is, is figuring out who he's going to become at this point. When does Juilliard come into play? Is this shortly after this then? After his dad stops paying for Claremont, he comes back home and he does junior college for a while. But at some point, he ends up at Juilliard alongside Christopher Reed. They jump into like the third year of the curriculum as advanced students. I mean, it's hard enough to get into Juilliard, but to come in advanced like that and, and the two of them together, I think that's that's really neat. Yeah, Christopher Reeve ends up being one of Robin's best friends. He is the godfather of Robin's first son, Zach. He's doing stand-up and doing improv and, and just getting mm-hmm. his, his face out there. He's bartending. So Robin meets Valerie Verlardi. Um, Mm -hmm. While he's bartending in San Francisco at one of the improv slash comedy stores, and the two of them are crazy about each other. They get married. This is before any of the success. He goes down down to LA and he is partying like crazy does stand up down there. So Robin is involved in a, in a little bit of streak of luck as he's doing stand up outside on a street corner for dollars oh. right in the meantime star wars comes out while happy days is running and gary marshall's son says dad i'm not watching happy days anymore because there's no spacemen spacemen are the thing and gary's thinking about this is ridiculous robin's on the street corner when somebody's assistant i think it's gary's assistant notices him he tells yeah. gary you need to check this guy out and and he's like what some street performer performing for dollars and and the response was well the can is full <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he must so, be pretty good, right? Right. So they <laughs> risk a lot. Like, uh, yeah. let's throw this guy in here. ABC's like, okay. Well, uh, I know. think the the yeah. funny part that I found was the audition that he went to for this role on Happy Days as Mork. Gary Marshall said, okay, have a seat. Robin goes over the chair and sits on his head. And so Gary Marshall's comment was, he's the only alien who auditioned. Everything that is Mork is Robin. It was yes. a, the perfect fit. That's so crazy to me that here's this guy with all this energy and this odd sense of comedy mm-hmm. and everything he's doing comes perfectly fit into a TV show perfectly that fits for the yeah. two year time frame, And that just takes everybody by storm. So interesting how this show even came about. It sounds like the network was was scrambling and they needed a new show. I don't know how they did it, but Gary Marshall, they, they, he spliced Mork on Happy yes. Days, the footage, alongside yeah. of Pam Dauber, who was yep. Sister Terry. They In did, another TV show. In another yeah, TV different show. TV yep. show. Yep. And they spliced this together and presented it to the network and said, here's your here's your pilot. And I don't know how they agreed to that, but they did. And what's funny is Pam Dauber saw an article in the paper, Mork and Mindy, and her name is in it. And Robin Williams and her response was, 
who the heck is Robin Williams? <laughs> it's like she wasn't even informed that she's in this new TV show. I just, yeah. I thought that was just, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's really crazy. And that gives credit, that gives some credit to Gary Marshall as well, too, because ABC is looking to fill a void. Mm-hmm. You've got the success of Happy Days. Yes. There might be a Laverne and Shirley mixed out of this at this point, too. So everything he touches is gold anyway. So ABC yes. is like, if we're going to fail, Let's fail with him, you know, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but he did test well, you know, um, yeah. as Mork, mm-hmm. he got a standing ovation from from the audience uh, his first time out. So yeah. it's 300 people standing to this crazy, wacky dude, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and part of me is his comedy, it, it, it couldn't be on TV too long. It reminds me of the Chris Farley where it's so intense Mm. And it's so, it's so entertaining, but also could probably be draining after a bit for him and everybody. Uh, Mork and Mindy is in its first season, first, second season is a huge success. He can go anywhere he wants. People adore him. He is partying with everybody from Robert De Niro, you name it. John Mm. Belushi is in his circle as well, too. He is involved with a lot of drugs and you want to fit in. You want to be a part of that scene. What are you going to do? Go home? And he's got so much energy. Like, yeah. Again, uh, Chris Farley too. Like, there's so much fun to be around, and they live off that energy. Mm-hmm. Too, you you know? know, and I think it's interesting you say that. I feel like my personality is very similar to Robin Williams. I feed off of that energy from other people. I'm I'm very much a people person, but at the same time, Robin needed his downtime and and he would crash after shows and he would just zone out and process everything. That's probably why he just kept going because he just that was fuel to him being around other people. So the question is, are the two of you introverts or extroverts because I know I'm an introvert that loves people, but I need to step away. And, and take my rest. I would say I'm an extrovert of introvert. Uh, it's probably close to me too. Close to me too. Because <laughs> if you're if you're a strict extrovert, I think where Chris Farley was a strict extrovert, mm. he just kept going. And he kept, yeah. and the more people are around, the more he kept going. Where Robin yeah. looked like he needed to go in his room. Mm-hmm. He needed to veg. He needed to go to the ranch where his first wife was. Mm-hmm. He needed that downtime. So Robin marries Valerie. They have a child, Zach. Like we said, Christopher Reeve is involved with Zach's life slightly as godfather. We're gonna we're gonna backtrack a bit. Go back to Robin's drinking and partying. And mm. he's also exploring women, which is stated by his first wife. And she was okay with it, but he just kept doing it. And Mm -hmm. that lifestyle that they had together was not what she envisioned as their lifestyle should be. It was, Mm -hmm. she didn't mind him being gone and and exploring, but he was coming back less and less and less. And I think she just no longer felt connected to him. So he's partying hard. Morka Mindy's at the top of its game. He goes to work one day hungover. The Morka Mindy co-star, her name Pam Dauber. He is with Pam bragging or talking about how the night before he was partying with John Belushi. Pam has to tell him that that night John passed away. Yeah, he was one of the few people to see John Belushi before he died. John just can't leave our podcast alone, can he? No. A lot of rumors have stated throughout the years that the beginning of Robin Williams' sobriety came from John Belushi's death. Mm -hmm. Now, I heard in an interview from Robin's mouth that it was the birth of Zach that really pushed him over the edge. Mm. That was more important. And he said, when he was asked about John, he said, yeah, that was scary. I was scared. But more so, 
having Zach and being a father for Zach and not being the one to throw up with Zach instead of cleaning up his throw up was really what mm. he wanted to, he just wanted to mature. Valerie and Robin both admit that they're really not organized to be taking care of a, a child. They, yeah. They go, out, they go out to get some help. You know, I think it's funny the way that Valerie puts it, that she wasn't really organized as a mom, which I don't know what that means, <laughs> but she said they just needed some help. Um, and I, and I can understand, you know, when you have money and you can afford it, then you get a nanny. So that's what they did. That will prove interesting for him later. It sure does. So the nanny they choose to get is Marsha Grasses. Very much better than I would have done. <laughs> much better <laughs> than I would have done. As, as time goes on and Robin and his wife separate, Robin is still sober, trying to, to stay sober. He's asked in one interview in his later 50s about sobriety. And he said, yes, it's easy if you're in rehab. And he goes, mm. other than that, it's not. His life is going to start over again. Valerie and Robin, the, the two of them decide to break it off, unlike what the news tells us. Valerie, in her own words, she said that they had been separated for a year before Robin and Marsha started seeing each other. But of course, the tabloids, you know, they just want to run with, oh, he's having an affair with the nanny. Who knows what the truth is? But Valerie didn't seem to be upset about it. She wished him well. And the two of them have two children two, together. Yes, two children, Zelda and Cody. So a whole new life. And Zach obviously is familiar with her because it was his nanny. So yeah. that's easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That must have been weird for him. <laughs> it must be weird for everybody, though. Let's yeah. let's just talk about that for a little bit. Even though you break up, mm -hmm. you still it's still got to hurt a little bit that it was the nanny. That's somebody yeah. that you allow into your room and uh, not really like your bedroom, like everything. That would be, yeah. You know, uh, Mork and Mindy is canceled. He decides to split with Valerie. He marries Marsha, and his movie career begins. And Popeye um, pops into screen. And it's interesting because his mom goes to see Popeye and she's just, she's just my little boy. You know, yeah. She's so screen. proud. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. Cause here he comes is what she said. So after Mork and Mindy, the movies come into play. He's touring all over doing stand-up, And I think his performance in Popeye is amazing. The movie's not good, but for an adaptation in the early eighties, it's, it's cleverly good. Mrs. Doubtfire and Aladdin. I mean, classic favorites. Absolutely loved Aladdin. Cadillac Man, Happy Feet, 2006, Jumanji in 95, One Hour Photo in 2002, where he plays a serial mm -hmm. killer, the ever popular Dead Poet Society, where yes. it really showed Robin's chops. Mm -hmm. What Dreams May Come in 1998. <sighs> oh, yeah. Um, which is really a sad movie, and really a sad movie if you mm -hmm. watch it knowing what we know now about yeah. death and coming back of the world according to garb terry gilliam's movie the fisher king and also awakenings the year earlier with robert de niro so the fisher king at the time he was filming he was the first pick for a title role in what about bob and he had to turn it down so it went to bill murray jumanji so my husband used to work with a guy that when he would describe that movie or he would say that movie it was, it was yeah, you see that movie, Jim and Johnny? <laughs> Jim and Johnny. Yep, Jim oh and Johnny. Boy. Oh, my gosh. I 
thought that was funny. Hey, a little Jim and Johnny for you, yeah, huh? No, yeah. The next one that I want to comment about is yep. Patch Adams, based on physician hunter Patch Adams. And he actually wrote a biography, and that's what the movie's based on. But he was a physician in Pocahontas County, West Virginia, which is just uh, about you know, an hour north of where I grew up. When I went to college and I had to drive through the mountains, I would drive by the hospital that Dr. Patch Adams worked at. His philosophy when it comes to medicine was he promoted an alternative vision of health with medicine and holistic healing integrated with art, recreation, nature, and fun. In his public appearances, he would wear clown clothes and he would employ slapstick to advertise his message. So that I feel like was a very easy role for Robin to fill because he did that anyway. And so I, I thought it was just the perfect pairing for that role. He himself dealt with depression and was institutionalized for a little while. So Robin Williams played this man on more levels than one. He was made for that part. The real Patch Adams, kind of a silly, goofy man. And mm-hmm. uh, Robin was a great fit. So Robin is cast in Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck both said that that was their first choice was Robin. And they were ecstatic. Um, at the time of this movie, too, and when it gets greenlit, Ben Affleck is a child actor, and Matt Damon is just just finding his own. He's in Save It Private Ryan, doing some stuff, but the two of them are not household names by any means. Mm-hmm. Like This is a low-budget film that a lot of people are taking a risk on. Talk about two kids just putting lightning in a bottle. Yeah, what, what a way to start out, right? <laughs> what, a, what a way to start out. And Robin is fabulous in this movie. Mm-hmm. Really, Absolutely. Really I love and that movie. You and I talked off camera, too, about my opinion on Robin as I didn't really care for his stand-up. His comedy was funny as a kid, but as an adult, I'm just like, ah, sometimes I find it funny. Sometimes I find it like, get away. But as a human being and as a serious actor, the Mm -hmm. man is amazing in all aspects. I think that heart was made of gold in my opinion. At this point, obviously he's an Academy Award winner. He is a bona fide superstar actor. 2006 comes around. And from what Robin states is that he was alone in Alaska. It's quiet. It's peaceful. Why not have a drink? And he falls Mm. off the wagon. This eventually leads to the divorce with his second wife, the mother of two of his children. And he had stated in some interviews that I saw that he was battling alone and he felt alone. I don't know what that meant. The two of them were probably very disconnected. He was probably gone a lot. I'm, Mm. I'm speculating. I don't know. But he is then in and out of rehab as he is battling alcoholism. I don't believe the drugs are as heavy as the alcohol is bothering him. So the two of them decide to divorce and it looks like around 2010, the divorce is final, but the separation happens before that. In an Apple store near where Robin lives, he meets his third wife. Susan Schneider. And the two of them marry in 2011. This is after Robin has heart surgery. Are you familiar with it all mm-hmm. with the heart surgery? I know okay. he goes on the Tonight Show, I think, and he has this t-shirt on with a big heart. He talks a little bit about it. He gets a cow. A bovine valve. Bovine. <laughs> he gets a bovine valve put in his heart. The rumor has it that because of heart surgery, it may have led into some depression. That is something that happens after heart surgery for a lot of people. Oh, um, yeah. 
interesting. So there were some some speculation mm. on that end of it. So Robin is battling again in and out of rehab, divorced, heart surgery, but he seems to be coming out of it strongly. He meets his third wife. The two of them have a lot in common. Robin is enjoying life. He is doing a lot of improv locally. There is a Tuesday night where Robin just shows up. Him and other comedic friends of his are just killing it. 300 people just go walk down the street and see Robin Williams perform. I live in Charleston and sometimes there are some musicians locally that just start playing somewhere, but it's not Robin Williams. It's maybe <laughs> Darius, Darius Rucker. Yeah. Bill Murray sometimes will just, he won't do stand up. He'll have a drink with you. Well, it definitely seems he, you know, found his best friend, his soulmate, however you want to call it. They really shared a life together. The one thing I wanted to say I thought was fascinating. He would ride his bike. They said sometimes 50 or 60 miles. Mm -hmm. Like I would fall over and I go to the gym regularly. That's impressive. He's doing this obviously in his late fifties because his health does start to deteriorate at 60 to 63. People start Mm -hmm. noticing whether it's remembering lines or just not being aware or wanting to be by himself more Mm -hmm. frequently. There's troubles with one of his arms. He's hiding it. A lot of times he'll either hold a pen or put it in his pocket. It's almost like that Bob Dole kind of look and you if you look at it in some of these later movies you can kind of kind of see him struggle with that so this is the disease that killed him kicking in at first when he was alive he was diagnosed with parkinson's disease but later after he passed it was determined that he suffered from diffuse Lewy body dementia from one of the doctors. It was one of the worst cases medical professionals had ever seen. Um, they said the disease is always fatal. I mean, I, I feel so bad for the guy. I, I wish that he would have known that that's what it was, you know, because I'm sure he thought he was just crazy. The last several months of his life, he was just not in his right mind. Depression, fear, anxiety, insomnia, paranoia. His brain was giving him misinformation and he felt like that was unforgivable. He just kept saying, I want to reboot my brain. We're talking about this disease. Everybody is blaming it on substance abuse and depression right away. And that's right out of the gate. That's why he died, right? And money. Those are the three things. Those are the reasons. That's what you believe. And as an average person, you step away from the media because the attention stops on it mm-hmm. and you stop thinking about it and you don't know. So you're at a party and you say, He died of those three things. He committed suicide because of that. And his third wife really wanted to show that there was more to it. This happens to somebody else. They can can do something about it. Paradise City, California, the morning of August 11, 2014, the day Robin Williams is pronounced dead. According to his wife, Susan, everything was routine the night before. The two exchanged their standard goodnight, my love ritual. Robin enters another bedroom as the couple frequently slept in separate beds. In the morning, normally, the two would meditate. But this morning, Robin's door is shut. And Susan is ecstatic. Robin has been suffering from lack of sleep, insomnia, just got a lot on his mind. So she thinks Robin's assistant comes by Rebecca Irwin Spencer. She is at the home. Susan decides to leave. Time goes by. Rebecca tries to enter the room. The door is locked. She knocks nothing. She then reaches out to Susan and says, what should I do? And at that point, Susan knew that something was wrong. She then, Rebecca, starts knocking and yelling towards Robin. Still nothing. She gets in. Robin is, according to reports, unresponsive in a seated position. 
with his belt around his neck. The other end of the belt was secured between the closet door and the door frame. This is the first time someone witnesses Robin Williams dead. So it's suicide, but there is a lot more involved in this. As stated earlier, the press comes out and says it was depression, anxiety, money issues, everything that normally is associated with suicide. His wife, Susan, decides to get an autopsy. During that autopsy, they find no illegal drugs, no alcohol in his system, nothing to push him over the edge besides what really is the problem. So he's diagnosed with diffuse Lewy body dementia. As we said earlier, it's different than Parkinson's. You are aware of what you're doing, but you're not. And it's driving Robin crazy. His lack of function, his lack of confidence, all that is playing a part in every aspect of his life. This is a neurodegenerative disorder that can cause a range of cognitive, emotional, and motor symptoms. And he doesn't know about this diagnosis until he dies. Bill doesn't know he's dead. But Susan now knows. This is the reason Robin commits suicide. The afternoon comes into play. The Williams family is in a small cul-de-sac. That cul-de-sac is jam-packed with reporters by day's end. Fans come to the home. They're respectful. They lay flowers. Multiple locations that coincide with Robin's career are bombarded with fan support. The home from Mork and Mindy, the home from Mrs. Doubtfire, and the bench from Goodwill Hunting are just three of the examples of the love coming from the fans. Any way they could, anywhere they could touch Robin, they sure tried. There was a, a book on his nightstand they found after he passed and there was an inscription on the inside and it said, I want to help people be less afraid. And that was July 31st, 2012. So just a couple years before he passed. So many quotes, so many wonderful, beautiful things. Very sweet, sweet stuff. One last quote. I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to have to feel like that. Mm. And I think that was his life goal. All right, Tana. That looks like uh, the life and time of Robin Williams, a sweet, mm -hmm. sweet man who had his troubles, had his flaws, and glad he left an impression behind for all of us to enjoy the rest of everybody's lives. Very well said. Let's talk about how you can reach us if you want to hear about a dead celeb that we haven't talked about yet. Email us. Yeah. Email us. Jeez. Hello. Hello, gosh. Uh, <laughs> my email is brent at dead-celebs.com. And my email is Tana, T-A-N-A, -A, at dead-celebs.com. Thank you again. And looking forward to the next show when we talk about, I don't know. You'll hmm. see. We'll see. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. For our legal disclaimer, please visit www.dead dash celebs.com the actor factor brings the industry knowledge to you firsthand from professionals including working actors directors managers and more find it anywhere podcasts are streamed if you're thinking about suicide or worried about a friend or loved one 
would like emotional support, the Suicide Lifeline Network is available 24-7 across the United States. It's free and confidential. Just dial 988.